Good morning, Drive Time. Welcome back. Uh, this week, we have a, uh, a special guest with us. We have Rich Boz. Uh, Rich is a longtime leader in the business community. He, he's been a part of the uh, retail industry for over 50 years. And in that time, he's served as uh, president of Beauty Brands uh, Cosmetics. And then he's also one of the founding members of uh, also these, um, these are brands that are nationwide and uh, extremely successful. And Rich was a, a large part of uh, how that came about. So we're lucky to have him here. Uh, he's actually going to spend some time talking to us about Rich. So Rich, thank you for being here. Thank you for uh, investing some time into us. And uh, we're excited for what you have to say. Well, thank you, David, and hello, Drive Time. Um, when David approached me about five or six weeks ago and gave me the opportunity to be part of this podcast, I said, great, I get to talk about leadership. And that was one thing that I always have a passion about and love to talk about. But uh, then I attended the Global Leadership Conference at Cape Christian and it completely changed the direction in which I was gonna go in this podcast. The first speaker, Greg Rochelle, asked a question that really took me back almost 30 years. And the question that he asked is, what's one risk do you need to take even if you're afraid? And let me repeat that again. What's one risk do you need to take even if you're afraid? Now, risk is a four-letter word that a lot of people have problems with. You know, they, they think it is a, is a bad thing. A lot of people like playing it safe. They believe that, you know, if I play it safe and don't take risk, uh, I keep the status quo and everything's going to be fine. But in my personal career, that would not have been the case. And I reflect back in really 1990, when my wife and I had this opportunity to be part of a brand new retail concept called Alta. Now, why was it risky for us? Well, I'll tell you right now, my wife and I had four kids all under the age of 10, including a six month old child. We did not have a big savings. You know, we were probably Dave Ramsey's worst nightmare when it comes to having enough money saved to, he always asks you to have three to six months saved, you know, in case uh, you lose your job or there's an emergency. Well, we were living in a time where, quite frankly, I had to think about which charge card I could use, putting gas in my tank or buying groceries with it. It was not a time that we were financially stable. And I had a job that I started when I was a senior in high school, a very good job. Um, it's a company, a multi-billion dollar company based in Chicago that hired me right out of high school, put me through undergraduate school and graduate school with their tuition refund program. They gave me wonderful uh, developmental experiences in store operations, merchandising, marketing, HR. And uh, I was really enjoying the job that I had. You know, just keep in mind, I was with this company for 21 years. Not only did I love my job, they had a great 401k profit matching program, a Cadillac health program, and seemingly had the greatest security in that I could 
continue with my career for the next 20 years. But I really believe God was calling me um, into doing something different, taking a risk. A little bit of fear went into that. I, I, I got to be honest with you. Um, you don't take these challenges lightly because it's not just your life at risk. If I was single, it would be a no-brainer. But I had a wife and I had four kids. And so my business instinct, my Christian instincts told me, go for it. So I gave my six weeks notice. I had a, an important job at the company I was working for. So I needed to give them at least six weeks. And the first thing that happened, the CEO calls me in. He says, Rich, you are going nowhere. You have a great career here. This company is going to be around for the next 30 years. I'm going to give you this nice increase in your salary. Now, that would have tempted me normally because I needed money. But that wasn't the point. I'd already made my decision. I believe God was taking me down a different path. But he tried every means he could by convincing me staying where I was was definitely the way to go because nine out of 10 business, he must have told me that three times, nine out of 10 businesses never make it. Very risky. Even my well-intentioned coworkers and friends said, Rich, are you crazy? You know, this is too risky for you. At your stage in life with four kids, do not take the risk. Well, to make a long story short, we took the journey. Um, there were 12 of us uh, founders of Alta. And I got to tell you, it was not an easy journey. We had this five-year business plan that was going to allow us to go public in four years. We're going to do such a great job in four years with this concept of this beauty store that we were going on a NASDAQ stock exchange. Well, if you ever followed Alta, we did not go public into the year 2007. So we missed it by 13 years. And, and why we missed that, it, because we kept failing on what we're doing, but we kept learning. Uh, to quote John Maxwell, the great John Maxwell, he says, you know, as long as you're failing forward, you know, you're achieving things. You know, we, we didn't have the right real estate model. We didn't have the right marketing model. We did not have the merchandise mix that we needed. We did not have a lot of things that were right that took us a long time to fix. But eventually, Alta became a very successful company. It's now a little over 1,100 stores today. It's a 14 billion market cap company. But that's not the story I'm talking about today. That's a whole separate story. The story I'm talking about, what would have happened if I stayed where I was, if I did not take the risk? The CEO, who really encouraged me to stay, lost his job in six months. So talk about, you know, having a secure thing in your life. And the company that I'd worked for, this wonderful multi-billion dollar company, had to close down its headquarters and move to Salt Lake. And then from Salt Lake to Phoenix throughout the 90s. I would have lost my job if I would have stayed with the company I was working for in Chicago, I would have been out of the job. So playing it safe, not taking risks sometimes is the riskiest thing you could possibly do. 
Now, the Bible's filled with all kinds of stories of risk takers, both men and women in the Bible. Uh, one person that I think in the Old Testament that tells a story about not taking risk at the right time and paying the price is the story of Moses. Now, Moses, as we all know, went before Pharaoh bravely 10 different times, risking his life, saying, you let my people go or else, or else, one plague after another, after another. And then finally, the Pharaoh lets him go, only to be chased by his chariots and destroyed in the Red Sea. And, and Moses gets through all of that. He comes upon the promised land, right? He sends his 12 spies into the promised land just to scope it out. Ten came back with what? A terrible message that we're like grasshoppers. They're like giants. They have fortification. There's no way we're going to be able to take them. Two came back. Joshua and Caleb said, it's filled with milk and honey. It's ours for the taking with God's help. Moses, unfortunately, did not take the risk then. He, he saw the greatness of God throughout his entire life and just, just releasing him out of the bondage of Egypt and the Pharaoh. And he comes to the promised land and he takes the counsel of the 10 spies. By playing it safe, it cost the children of Israel 40 years of wandering, 40 years. Those who were over 20 years old never entered the promised land. So these millions of people who Moses was responsible for ended up really wandering the rest of their lives. And I think there's a story for us as Christians. If, if, if you know God is calling you to do something and you see how he has helped you throughout your life, you need to continue to trust him. Um, when I look at the New Testament, uh, the story of um, the parables of the talents. You all know the story. There's two men, two servants who are given talents from the master, one that was given five, one that was given two, and one that was given one. The ones that were given the talents, the five and the two, had 100% return on their investment. They went out immediately and started trading in the marketplace. The third one thought, I'm going to play it safe. I am not going to risk the master's talent, and I'm going to bury it in the ground. So you say, okay, what's the difference? What happened with these three individuals? Why did they do different things? I believe the one with the five and the one with the two talents took their talent and owned it. They, they never thought like they were servants anymore. They thought like the master. They owned these talents. They invested it. They used these talents. And the one who got the one talent, he still acted like a slave, like a servant. He, he didn't see his role in ownership of these talents. He was afraid of the master, and he buried him. So when the master came back, the story is simple. The two that invested got rewarded, and they were blessed by the master. The one who did not invest 
was called by the master as wicked and slothful. Now, when you, when you use that word wicked, you think of about things that people do. You know, it, it's not like the servant went out and gambled it away. It's, it's not like he went out and spent the money on himself or his family. When you think of wicked people, you think of people breaking the Ten Commandments. I mean, his wickedness was not from what he did. It's He was wicked for what he didn't do. So the story that I learned both from the Moses example and the parable of three towns is that we will be held accountable for God, not only what we do, but what we don't do. Now, we are so blessed at Cape Christian. We have so many faithful leaders that have led our church for, I think it's 35 years now. You think of Pastor Dennis, right? Um, David and I would not be having this podcast today if it wasn't for Pastor Dennis. Pastor Dennis was our church's first entrepreneur. He took the risk of leaving where he was and joining with his wife and a couple other couples and decided to take this risk, this journey that we call today Cape Christian. It is, a, it is a church that has blessed us individually. It has blessed the community. And we now have many global outreaches. And as I look at faithful risk takers since Pastor Dennis, we have Pastor Corey, we have Pastor Bobby, Pastor Cindy, Pastor Mac, Pastor Joseph, Pastor Josh, Pastor Zach, Pastor Desi. All of these people have taken risks for us, have taken risks for God. They have left their jobs, they have left their families, and they've come to this community to serve God, to serve us, and to serve really the world with these global outreaches. So we are truly blessed by faithful risk takers. So my message today is really simple. It goes back to the question that David, uh, when I mentioned Greg Rochelle, what's one risk you need to take even if you're afraid? Um, fear keeps us from taking risks. There's no question about it. We're fear of making the commitment. We're, we're afraid of failure. We're afraid of being overwhelmed with the workload that we're about to get. There's so many things that come into our lives that make us afraid about taking risks. But when I go back again to Alta, there was fear, but we kept taking risks. We kept failing, but we kept learning. We kept failing, we kept learning. And that's the secret. God is with us every step of the way if we allow him to guide us through the fear and taking the risk. So that's probably the gist of my message today, David, is do not be afraid of taking risk. So we, we hear things like that about risk-taking. And I think we probably can all um, think of times where, you know, maybe uh, taking a risk is, is unsafe or unhealthy or even unwise. 
um, but you felt in, in your experience leaving to help create a, a what's become a national brand um, that that that's what God was calling you to that, that the direction you were supposed to go you had made up your mind prior to uh, your conversation with, with uh, your boss um, so the question that I have is and, and maybe this can be our, our our landing point for today that that came as a takeaway. How do we evaluate risk um, in the sense of what what is the risk we're supposed to take? How do we find that risk that God's calling us to versus maybe a, a risk that um, is really just a distraction that is is not something that's going to lead to growth and development. So uh, that's an excellent question. You know, first of all all of us have various capacities of taking risk. You know, it's, you know, when I used to weight lift in college, I mean, you, 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 you couldn't press bench press 350 pounds right off the bat. You, you take little steps, you, you practice, you, you develop a taste for taking risk, but you should never take a risk that is not compatible with your value system, right? You know, you're, you, you got to feel comfortable that this complements who you are and what you are. So when you're taking a risk, you're not taking a risk that is something against your own personal morals and your own personal beliefs. Um, you go into risk taking with your wide, eyes wide open. You know, what is the worst thing that can happen to you, right? What is the best thing that can happen to you? So. When, when I look back at taking the risk for Alta, I had a backup plan. <laughs> and my backup plan, and I, I, laugh, I laughed at it then and I laugh at it now. My backup plan, if the company went under and I couldn't get a job, my family and I would live in my parents' attic. My, my parents had this small little attic, no plumbing, no insulation, but it's a place where you can put a few beds and the six of us could live. So. You know, the worst thing that could have happened, I'd have lived in my parents' attic. Thank God I didn't have to. But they laughed at me when I asked them before I took the job. I said, Mom and Dad, will you let me stay in my family, stay in your attic? Because it was a small home. It's only like 900 square feet. That's where I grew up in. Uh, and they, my mom still lives there. And I keep asking her, if something happens to you, Mom, can I still live in your attic? It's, it's, it's something that, you know, you have a fallback. And I think when you take risks, you got to create a plan. You just can't do it haphazardly. Um, we had a five-year plan when we sat down and discussed the future of Alta. Now, when we sat down, the 12 of us around a table, that's, that's all Alta existed at the time. We didn't have any warehouse. We didn't have any stores open. We didn't have forms to fill out for hiring people or signing, putting products uh, uh, into our system. We didn't have computers. I mean, it was a table of 12 of us talking about ground zero, but we had a plan and you stick to it, you modify it, you learn from it. And when you take these risks, don't take them alone. Pray for God's help make sure that you're taking this risk together. I don't think God cares if we fail or not, as long as we're trying to do something for him and his kingdom. So 
you know, walking with God. And, you know, I think of Noah, uh, Noah and the, how he walked with God when he was when he was building the ark. I mean, for I think it took 120 years, but he walked with God throughout that whole time period, knowing that you're not taking the risk alone. And then expect challenges. You know, when you take risks, some of your most well-intentioned friends and family will come up with many ways to discourage you from taking risks. I'm sure there are CEOs and presidents and even senior pastors of churches that want to do something, but their executive team or their board of directors are discouraging them and saying, you know, maybe this COVID thing, we better hold our growth plans up and we shouldn't do this right now. You, you got to filter through all that. If you believe God is calling you to do something and you've prayed about it and you trust your spiritual and business instincts, you still go for it. So I think is, if you're in alignment with all those suggestions, I, I think you'll know when the time is to take risk. Does that make sense? It does. Uh, I, I definitely like where you took that. Um, so uh, again, Rich, I can't thank you enough for, for spending time with us this morning um, and for the wisdom that you, you brought to us. Um, gentlemen, I, I, I think the, the message is fairly clear about you know, the, the need to take risks in our, not just our, our business life, but in our faith journey um, and, and to partner that uh, with God. Uh, and, and like Rich said, is, I think I would agree that uh, God's less concerned with our success than he is with our willingness to walk with him. Amen. So Rich, thank you again for being with us. Uh, gentlemen, uh, join us again next week for another drive time. We'll see you on Monday. Thank you.